John C. Applegate broadcasting to you live from the Purple Street Studios at Jollyville Radio, KJVR. Welcome to another episode of Spoopy the Boop and Chauncey in the Morning, the show that talks about anything but usually means nothing. And I'm your co-host, Spoopy the Boop. Before we get started, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Transparent. Delicate, sophisticated, announcing the all-new line of luxury eyeglasses by the designer Robert Cheerful. Jollyville Radio sends a shout-out to Eagle Point, Oregon, population 9,154. How y'all doing? Thank you, sponsors. In today's show, we're going to learn some more about music from our very own amateur musicologist, Spoopy the Boop. You may recall that last year, Spoopy tried to teach us some very interesting things about solfege. Yes, Chauncey. I remember we had a little disruption during that segment. I hope things go smoother for us this time. Me too, Spoopy. What are we trying to learn about today? Well, you see, music is made up of two big aspects. Pitch and rhythm. Since I talked about solfege last time, which is all about pitch, today I'm going to talk about rhythm and a raging controversy about how it's captured in musical notation. Sounds great, Spoopy. But first, for our listeners who aren't really versed in musical terminology, can you explain what the word rhythm means? Sure, Chauncey. Rhythm just means the beat of the music. If you ever find yourself wanting to tap your foot, clap your hands, wiggle your fingers, or get up and dance when you listen to music, that's all about rhythm. I love rhythm. One time, I took some dance lessons, and the instructor refunded my money and told me to never come back. He said it was due to my incessant talking, but I think it was because he was intimidated by my skill. It was because you kept trying to teach the other students. Anyway, here's an example of a very basic beat that we hear in all kinds of music. Was that a rhythm? Sorry, guys. I'm the new station intern. That's on me. That's okay, Anderson Millingsley. Give it another try. You can just call me Anderson. Okay, basic beat is here. That sounds more like it. Yes, that's the sound of a basic 4-4 beat. Rhythm is all about dividing bigger chunks of time up into smaller chunks of time. In this example, each bigger chunk is called a measure and is broken up into four equal chunks called quarter notes, with the emphasis put on the first quarter note of each measure. Okay, Spoopy, but what if I want to hear something a little more exciting than thump, 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 thump? Well, things can get a little more interesting by dividing each quarter note up into two eighth notes like this. That was the wrong sound clip again, Anderson Millingsley. Have you read the training manual? It's just Anderson. Sorry, guys. Oh, I love that tune. Pop goes the weasel. Weasels and ferrets are in the same family, mustelids. I've been trying to figure out which taxonomic group my fertillas should belong to. No, Chauncey, that isn't what I meant. Oh, wait, I found it. Sorry, Spoopy. 
Oh, well, I suppose that has merits of its own, too, somehow. Yes, every rhythm has its own feel. Like these first two examples, they're very even and meaty. Anderson, I wasn't ready for the next clip. What are we paying you for? Uh, I'm an intern. I don't get paid. I don't get paid either. I just like talking. Exposure is my favorite kind of reward. Wait, you guys aren't getting paid? Are you ready for the next clip or what? Yeah, just skip ahead to the one about syncopation. Here we come a-wassailing among the leaves so green. Okay, that kind of rhythm is called syncopation. To write it out, it's easiest to use a notation called dotting. When a note gets marked with a dot, it means the note should be half again as long as it would be without the dot. I see. So when musicians see a dotted note, they all know exactly what to do? Almost. This is where the controversy comes in. See, the French started playing them one way, but American jazz musicians left them out of writing altogether. Listen to the complexities of the rhythm in this clip. Anderson Millingsley, really? Page 18 gives you detailed instructions about how to sequence the digital soundboard. There's nothing about the digital soundboard anywhere in the manual. And please, it's just Anderson. Well, what does it say on page 18 then? It's all about how I'm supposed to prepare the copy for the talk show hosts and cater to their every whim. Wait, how come I've been preparing my own coffee then? Go make us some. Thank you. Finally, a request I'm prepared for. Well, hang on a second. Where did you get that manual? In the bottom of the kitchen cupboard. It has a few copy stains on it, but it's still completely legible. I thought about printing a fresh one, but after that lecture you guys gave me about preventing waste, I figured reusing this one was much better. Oh, no. What's the date on the front page? Uh, 1973. Why? Well, I guess we kind of brought that on ourselves, didn't we, Spoopy? I don't think we even got the digital soundboard until 2004. I suppose so. Too bad. I really like talking about music notation. Maybe I'll be able to work it into one of my guided meditations. Yeah, and I kind of like the idea of a coffee servant. Thanks for tuning in to another exciting and unpredictable episode of Spoopy the Boop and Chauncey in the Morning. I'm your host, Chauncey Applegate, here with my co-host, Spoopy the Boop, signing off until next time. Well, my name is Bruce Knoll, and I am a uh, true life architect. I'm happy to be here with you, and I'd like you for you to pay attention and listen to us on Jollyville Radio. Come and join us on KJVR. Okay, I know you don't want that in question form, but you know what? <laughs> Some of the greatest things are the authentic, silly, stupid, funky, funny stuff, and I'll lay it out there. If that's what you want to do, you take it, brother, and go have some fun with it. Michael, be decent. See you later.
all you KJVR listeners, Miss Kitty Westlake here, welcoming you to yet another episode of my marvelous, if I say so myself, old-fashioned cooking show. Before you know it, boys and girls, the hot and steamy days of summer will be upon us. Can you just picture it? Sunny afternoon, front porch swing, kiddos flying cots like maniacs and then plopping on the grass and blowing them infernal dandelion scenes all over creation. Now I ask you, what would make that picture even more perfect than a frosty pitcher of lemonade? Now that's Miss Kitty's lemonade to be sure. And that, children, is exactly what we're going to be fixing today. Now, undoubtedly, right about now, y'all thinking, ooh, I'm familiar with lemonade. But very few folks know the method for fixing a right good lip-smacking batch right at home. So today, I'm going to share with you, for the first time ever, Miss Kitty's world-renowned but southern-comforted famous recipe. You're going to need yourself some lemons, a cup of sugar, and a whole bunch of water. And find yourself a big old pitcher to hold it all, and a right mighty wooden spoon. You know, the kind you smack the dog with when he poops on the back steps. And a bodacious bucket of ice. Couldn't be simpler. Now let's start. Now how you juice up them lemonades is up to you. I like to take three, cut them in half, and squeeze them using a Juicer Pro device. <laughs> Other folk prefer to use the Spinner Splat Centrifuge. However, if you ain't got neither of them, you put in a little elbow grease and take a fork to get out the goods. Squeeze up to one cup of lemon juice and pull that into your pitcher. Next up, add one cup of sugar. Now don't be stingy here. Like your Miss Kitty, the sweeter the better. Lastly, pour in five cup of water. Get your wooden spoon and y'all start stirring until that lovely sugar has dissolved. While we're stirring, let's hear from a caller. Caller, you're in love with the Miss Kitty. Oh, uh, uh, hello, uh, Kitty. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about this episode. Uh, my wife loves lemonade, and I'd love to make her some at home for her. Um, she really likes strawberry lemonade, strawberry lavender lemonade. Uh, how, how do you make that? Strawberry lavender? Oh, honey, lavender is a smell. You're confusing lemonade with bath bombs. However, you did mention strawberry lemonade. Now, that's something Miss Kitty knows a thing or two about. Take a handful of strawberries, trim their tops, muddle them at the bottom of your pitcher. Now, listeners, don't get too excited. Muddle is just fancy talk for mash. Just grab your tater masher and smoosh the living daylight out of them puppies. Then just add your lemonade and bingo, bingo, boom, you got yourself some strawberry lemonade. You can do the same with raspberry, blueberry, watermelon, cantaloupe, and ginger. Thank you ever so much for your call. All righty now, listeners, our lemonade is finished. Let's pour it over some ice, nice and easy, and enjoy. 
Miss Kitty thinks that's mighty fine. The trick to lemonade is the one one five ratio. That's one part lemon juice to one part sugar to five parts of good old H2O. That's the Miss Kitty recipe. Guaranteed to please just simply everyone. Now, should you prefer your lemonade on the tart side, <laughs> like that sour puss Peggy Breaker does, then remove three tablespoons of sugar. But if you like a nice and sweet like Miss Kitty is, then add three tablespoons of sugar. Be liberal, it's just that easy. Now, KJVR listeners, here's a fun fact. The earliest record of lemonade dates way back to the 13th century in Egypt. It was made of lemons, water, dates, and honey, and they called it Katamazov. Anderson Miller usually dearer. Did I read that right? Good heavens, that don't sound right. Ooh, it looks like we've got another caller. Hello, caller. Hi, my name is Ollie. I'm going to be setting up my own lemonade stand in the neighborhood today. Oh! I, I wanted to ask, how much should I sell one cup of lemonade for? Well, I think a dollar would be a fine price. I was thinking 25 cents. My dad says that if I lower the price, I'll sell more cups and make more money. Something called marketplace supply and demand. Oh, you sure are smart one. But a quarter? I ask you, Missy, how are you going to play royalties if you're just charging a measly two bits? What are royalties? Well, if you're going to use my lemon recipe right, and you see my famous recipe is copyrighted under the Miss Kitty's in pre-module, so you make lemonade using that recipe, then sell it, I'll get paid. Now, honey child, I'm telling you, that's my intellectual property. Oh, okay. Well, what if I said I'm going to change my lemonade stand into an iced tea stand and secretly sell lemonade? And I did that at an undisclosed time and at an undisclosed location. What? sell my lemonade and keep all my quarters <gasps> and i bet i can sell little postcards with your recipe on them why you little gutter snapping brat that's my recipe later gold digger <laughs> or should i say nose picker oh just bet that's olga made pickles peggy's pond scum dwelling bratty little niece I swear, that entire breaker clan is nothing but a whopping barrel of rotten pickles. I say pickles. Jolly good listeners, I am ever so sorry. You had to be exposed to that regrettable discourse. But I do hope you learned something today about lemonade and copyright infringement. If you go making Miss Kitty's recipe, y'all do it in the prophecy of your poems. Don't be going out and selling it, you hear? 
Well, boys and girls, it looked like we don't run out of time today. But I do hope y'all join us again for another mouth-watering, delicious episode of our old-fashioned cooking show. <laughs> Anderson Millingsley, are we off market? It's just Anderson. Tarnation, Anderson Millingsley. I'll call you whatever I don't. Well, please, now go get me them cockies. Better yet, fetch me my horse whip, Anderson Millingsley. <laughs> Now, the winners of Bingo for the week of March 31st, 2021. Lisa Winston in San Diego, California, and Mehreen Islam in New York City. To hear your name on Jollyville Radio, play along at any time with episode 208, the Bingo episode. To download or request a free bingo card, go to jollyvilleproductions.com backslash bingo. Going live in three, two, and full disclosure, uh, well, it doesn't matter. One, this is Jollyville Community Beat with Uncle Lassar, turning the spotlight on good people doing great work in the real world. With us in the Purple Street studio, Bruce Knoll, Community Cultivation Coordinator with the Greater Carolinas Area Mankind Project, a nonprofit training and education organization with three decades of proven success supporting men and leading lives of integrity, authenticity, and service. Bruce Knoll, what's happening, man? Welcome to Community Beat. Thank you, Asar. I'm glad to be here with you. I really appreciate it. Sure, sure. Bruce, tell us about the Mankind Project, and in particular, what is meant by life-changing, experiential, personal development for men? You know, the Mankind Project is a lot of different things. Um, it's known primarily for its transformational weekends and just begin to look at themselves in an entirely different way. Uh, my experience is, is that many of us grow up in, in uh, difficult situations. We have um, been conditioned, and this is an opportunity for us to look at ourselves in an entirely different way. So we're looking at a transformation from say, you know, the whole macho John Wayne, you know, cowboy type of uh, persona to a more uh, caring and understanding human being. Is that what we're talking about? Well, I think that's pretty close, Asar. I know for me, my personal experience is I was raised in the uh, the 50s and the 60s. And when I was growing up, um, men were entirely different animals. I mean, we were told what we could do and what we couldn't do. And if we didn't act a certain way that, you know, we would be chastised. And that creates a a whole different model of a man than than the kind of man I really want to be. I know I was not, uh, there's a lot of things I was not sensitive to. Um, And it took a lot of, it took so far for me, and I'm still working on it, uh, it's taken six years just to get to a point where I understood a little bit more about myself. Being able to transform yourself into a, a, a more caring human being, it doesn't diminish your manhood in any respect. That's what you're saying, right? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it certainly, you know, puts it into a different framework, but I don't think it diminishes it at all. As a matter of fact, I think in many ways it enhances it. 
So Mankind Project is not, uh, I guess the word would be exclusionary, meaning, you, you know, poor men or rich men or uh, you know, men that are happy with their lives or men who are struggling with something. What, what type of men are involved with the Mankind Project? Well, I would say any man who has a desire to live a life differently has an opportunity to, to look within to find out, number one, what drives his behavior, whatever behavior that might be that he's, uh, he has a desire to change. Um, and, you know, time, times, are, times are changing. And I, I don't know that we're sitting in circle with women, for example, but we have a very broad spectrum, a very diverse uh, group of men. We're not perfect. I mean, there's a lot of things that we could do better, um, but uh, we are uh, attempting to be a fairly diverse group of men. And when we look at that and we speak honestly and openly with each other with a semblance of respect and trust, a lot of really good things come out. And I think people of every persuasion, um, whether it's gender or race or national origin, um, have an opportunity to come to the table and sit with each other. And there's some pretty powerful things that come out from that. I think that's a beautiful, a beautiful picture. I have to say and I want to answer. Go ahead. I, I'm sorry, Asar. What I want to do, I wanted to answer your question directly from my point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, I, nev- I never want to exclude a man. Uh, to come and sit in circle with me in particular. And the reason for that is, is because I have something to learn and he has a gift. He has something that I need to know. And if I choose not to sit at the table with him, then there's something that I'm going to lose as a result of that. So I'm very, very open, not to say that there aren't conflicts and all of that kind of stuff, but it's really important for me to be able to sit across from a man and hear what he has to say. That's great, uh, Bruce. That you know, and I think a lot of men, um, I, and I, you know, that's a great way to look at it because you know sometimes we may think that we're the teachers all the time, but even someone in crisis or struggling, or we all have these life experiences, and we can continue to learn from one another. I think that's great, Bruce. Yeah. If, if, well, if, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was just about to ask you if, uh, you know, people wanted to find more information about Mankind Project or, you know, get involved with it. Where can they find you on the on the web? On the web? Well, they're going to have a hard time finding me on the web because I don't possess a website. But they can find me and some of the things I think about by going to medium.com and uh, searching for Bruce Knoll. I do a lot of writing on medium.com, whether it's uh, some of my life, life architecture uh, information is there. Um, I also uh, do poetry and human interest stories. So um, that's the best place to go. If they want to find out anything about the Mankind Project, they can go to mkpusa.org or .com. I actually don't remember which one's the most effective, but I'm sure Michael will find out for us. Bruce, it has been indeed a pleasure talking with you, and we wish you the best of the best. Asar, thank you so much. And I hope one day I'll be able to come down in that great big state of Texas and just look you in the face eye to eye and say thank you, brother, for being who you are. No, thank you, and, and I'm waiting on you, man. I'm looking forward to meeting you. When this COVID thing is all, we'll all get together. Got it, baby. Thank you. Thank you.
This has been Jollyville Community Beat with Uncle Asar. And dig this. No one can do everything, but everyone can do something. Peace. Asar, you're terrific. You are terrific. I can tell you I really enjoyed your genuineness. I love the, the laughter and the humor. It relaxed me uh, immensely. I'm really, really grateful. And I do look forward to coming down there one day. <laughs> no, I, I got a lot of work, man. <laughs> Not a, a lot of work needs to be done with me. <laughs> look, don't well, you know, we do this stuff virtually, too, by the way, just like we're doing here. Oh, so if you ever, oh, okay. if you ever really want to sit in a circle of of us men, I invite you. I'm happy that you would uh, be with us. And uh, who knows? Okay. okay. Uh, what, what's the? What do I have? To, is it a Zoom call? You have a link, or where do I need to go to register, or what? Um, I would send you a link. Um, you could just fill it out, and uh, we hold ours generally on. Monday night for men who who are just checking out MKP, mm-hmm. um, and and you're welcome, man. Mike, you, Michael wants to come with you. That's great. And if you want to leave him alone and come by himself, he can do that too. Hey, I ain't got to pull Michael along. <laughs> Crap in my style. <laughs> The creative team that wrote and performed these episodes of Jollyville Radio includes Uncle Asar Alkabalon, Emily Ansonek, Michael Croza, Michelle Darcy, Richard Darius, Brian Green, Alan Kay, Pilar Kep, Robert Leary, Thomas Schlitt, Matt Waite, and KY's Denti. Lead editing by Dr. Monse Santian, with social media help by Emily Ansonek. Direction and music by Michael Croza. The recording was made in accordance with social distancing. Jollyville Radio is a product of Jollyville Brass Quintet. Member of Austin Creative Alliance, we are based in Austin, Texas. If you're enjoying Jollyville Radio, consider supporting us on Patreon. For a small monthly pledge, you have a big impact on the success of the show. Plus, depending on your pledge, you can get bonuses, like access to the script archives, letters from characters, and even a chance to hear your own voice on the show. Just go to patreon.com and search for Jollyville Radio. The credits were read by the writers of episodes 210 through 213. They are K. Wise Denty, Pilar Kep, Michael Frosa, Uncle Asar Alcabalon, Emily Ansonek, Brian Green. We'll see you next time on Jollyville Radio. There is one other thing I wanted to say to you, and that is um, I began to take some classes at the University of Pennsylvania for positive psychology. And what I'm finding is that um, when we look into the future, and this isn't about all woo-woo kind of stuff. This is about research that's being done about things that can help us look into the future and, and live a more flourishing type of life. And there are a lot of things out there that we can do as men and women and humans um, to make each day just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So um, that's part of my life architecture gig is to pull some of the positive stuff in as funky as this world can be, as ugly as it can be. Sometimes there's some stuff on the other side of that that aren't, isn't really too bad. Yeah. Yeah, man. I hear you. Well, I really thank you guys. I really do. It's um, I appreciate the work that you're doing. Um, 
You know, we need more. We need more of this stuff. Thank you, brothers. Thank you. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.